Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We'll get to our text in just a few moments. I want to remind you that our 21 days of prayer and fasting begin tomorrow, tomorrow the 9th through Saturday the 28th. I encourage you to be a part in some way, shape, or form. Some people will choose to do a complete fast, drinking water only. Others choose a partial fast, or what we call a Daniel fast, where you omit certain foods from your diet uh, and that type of thing. Others will find other ways to fast, whether it's social media or something else that they spend a great deal of time doing. They will fast that in order to devote that time to the Lord. Please understand that fasting is not about getting God to do something for us. Fasting is about putting ourselves in the position where we deny the flesh and we hear from God. Fasting helps us. It doesn't do anything for God, it does something for us. So I encourage you to be a part of that over the next 21 days. And then tomorrow night and every Monday night, come and be a part of the prayer meeting at 7 o'clock, 7 to 8 o'clock, every Monday night. We want you to be involved and be a part. This morning, I'm starting a new series of messages entitled Unmovable. Unmovable. I really believe in the day and the time in which we live, it's important to know what you believe and that your life is founded on those beliefs. It's important that you and I come to the place where regardless of what happens, regardless of what assails us, regardless of our circumstances, we stand firm on the foundation of God's Word, His revelation, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and the knowledge of what He wants us to do. So we're going to be talking about being unmovable over the next few Sundays. We're going to be next Sunday, unmovable in truth. We're going to look at the fact that the Word of God is inspired. The Word of God is absolutely authoritative. The Word of God is a rule of standard and conduct. The Word of God guides us and directs us. It's a light into our feet, a lamp into our pathways. So be here. Bring someone with you next Sunday. This series is a great series for people who are wondering, questioning, or even don't know the Lord because it's very, very foundational, it will pull them in and let them see Jesus, perhaps, for the first time in their life. Then the next week, we're going to talk about we're unmovable in love. We realize today, we know today, that the only way to reach our world is through the love of Jesus Christ. It's not through condemnation. It's not through judgment. It's not through sharp, critical words. It's by living and expressing the love of Jesus Christ. And that isn't just displayed in one way, it's displayed in many ways. So I encourage you to be here two weeks from today. And then we're going to talk about something that the modern church absolutely hates, but it's a scriptural truth. We have to be unmovable in good works. So I don't even believe in works. Well, you're wrong. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Ephesians in Ephesians 2.10, You are his workmanship created for good works. Do you understand that? Christianity isn't about showing up on a Sunday morning, throwing a dollar in the plate and calling it good, checking another box. No, it's about God so consuming your life, he guides and directs your steps, and out of you flows his goodness and his mercy. 
And we see good things because of that. We'll talk about the fact that we need to be unmovable in holiness, living a righteous life through the power of God, and unmovable in evangelism. The call and the priority of the church is still, number one, to worship God Almighty and Jesus Christ His Son. And number two, to take the message, the good news, the gospel to those who have not heard. That's evangelism, friends. And we have got to be involved in evangelism. With that message, I will be challenging you with an outreach for 2023. What each one of us can do to see the kingdom of God grow and expand. Now notice, I didn't say All Nations Church. I said the kingdom of God. The kingdom is much better than bigger than one local entity. The kingdom is much larger than just you and me inside these four walls. So our mission and our purpose is not to see this church grow, but to see the kingdom grow. Because when the kingdom grows, we receive the benefits. Amen? Come on, folks, it's time to get on board and recognize we have a high calling from the Lord Jesus Christ to take the message to those who have not heard. You realize that 63% of Tallahassee doesn't go to church, completely unchurched. You say, well, I don't know any sinners. Well, then you need to make some new friends. You need to rub some new shoulders. You need to let your light shine to those who are living in darkness. Show them there's a better way. Amen? Amen. So I want you to be a part of that the next few Sundays as we talk about unmovable. That will be our theme for 2023. We'll refer back to it again and again. Matter of fact, the last song that they did in worship, we believe. If you remember, if you were here, nine years ago, we introduced that song to this congregation. And from that introduction... 13 messages begin to flow. And when I begin to think about being unmovable, I begin to think about what music fits with that. And I had to go back to we believe. We believe in God the Father. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in the crucifixion. We believe in the resurrection. We believe that He's given us new life. And we believe He's coming back again. Oh, come on, church. It's foundational stuff. We've got to get it deep into our heart. So when the lies come, when the attacks come, when those who dispute you come, you stand firm. And you let the love of God flow through your life. And they see something in you they haven't seen in anyone else because Jesus is being reflected through your life. So be a part. Bring someone every Sunday. Let them experience the love, the grace, the mercy of God. Will you do that? Amen. So this morning, and this entire series will be based in 1 Corinthians 15 and 16. And when you begin to study the history of the church in Corinth, you realize that it was established on Paul's second missionary journey. He was actually there for 18 months. And during that 18 months, a very interesting thing when you read Acts chapter 18, it's the only time that God told Paul, don't worry about those who oppose you, no harm is going to come to you. Now, you do realize that he suffered beatings and stonings and shipwrecks and imprisonment. But in this 18-month period of time, God said, I'm going to protect you. My mercy is going to cover you. It's a powerful thing when you think about it, because so often we as believers are afraid or we're hesitant to move into places and areas where there could be danger. 
I'm here to tell you this morning, you will not go one moment before God's time for your life. So we live with a certainty and a confidence that I can walk where he calls me to walk. I can go where he calls me to go. I can talk to who he calls me to talk to. And God will be glorified and I live with no fear. Amen. From that testimony of October 27th when I had the bike wreck. The one thing I really want to impress upon people. It's when you're following God and you're living in the hollow of his hand. His presence surrounds you and covers you. You have no reason to fear. That morning I knew I was going to hit the concrete barrier between the lanes on I-10. I was doing 80 miles an hour. The bike was out of control. If you don't know the story, go to the website and listen to the whole thing. But when I recognized and knew I was going to hit that wall, there was no fear in my heart. No fear whatsoever, because I live in the place and under the authority of Lord God Almighty, and he will not exit me from this life until I have completed the mission he's called me to complete. And when that day comes, then I'm going to walk through death with no fear in my life, knowing that what awaits me is far greater than what I'm enduring. Paul writes to the Corinthians, and God gives him the promise, you're not going to be harmed in this place. And there the labor was difficult, the opposition was present, but it was also very, very fruitful. And a flourishing church was established over that 18 months. Now you would think 18 months in a place with the Apostle Paul, these believers would be so rooted, so grounded, there would never be an issue or a problem. Well, that's not true. And that's why Paul wrote the book of 1 Corinthians, because three years after he left and went to Ephesus, there were some issues in the church in Corinth. The issues stemmed from the fact that these believers came from one of the most immoral societies ever known on planet Earth. We think ours is bad. It was a lot worse than it is today. Because the people in Corinth worshipped the Greek god Aphrodite, who was the goddess of love. They built a huge temple to her. Matter of fact, they were so into this goddess of love, who, by the way, is a false god, a pagan image, an idol created by men's hands. They were so into this that there were a thousand beautiful women in that temple all the time for the purpose of prostitution. And the city leaders were so savvy to it that they began to tax the proceeds of that enterprise. And as a result, the city flourished. The temple flourished, but people were going to hell. I'm saying to you this morning, in good economic times, we still need to tell the gospel to those around us. People are going to hell. In bad economic times, we still have to share the gospel of those around us because people are going to hell. As I read the book of 1 Corinthians, one thought really jumped out to me, and it was this. That in a city of great immorality, a city where sexualization was the priority, the main factor in the economy, in that environment and in that place, it shows that the power of God triumphs over evil and the church of Jesus Christ will not fall or fail. From that environment, from that culture, a great church was built. Matter of fact, you could say that the church was built in Sin City. And that's exactly right. We need to understand today that our culture is living in darkness. 
We need to understand today that there are forces that are trying to drive people apart and send people to hell. But even in that culture, there is still a name that is above every name. There is still a light that shines in the darkness and pushes back the darkness. There is still one that says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except by me. There is still one that says, I'm the bread of life. I'm the living water. I'm your hope. I'm your future. I'm your destiny. When we look to Jesus. Jesus Christ. There's a line in one of those songs they sang this morning. I don't remember which one, but it said, let the church live loudly. I'm time to tell you this morning, it's time to take the muffler off your life. Time to take the muffler off your experience with God. It's time in this day and this age for you and I as believers to rise up with the word, with the message that has the power and the potential to change lives and to change eternities. As long as we're silent, people march into hell. When we stand up and declare the truth of God's word, there is hope. We're throwing a lifeline to those that are perishing. Why wouldn't we want to do that? After three years, there were problems in the church in Corinth. There was great division. Some said, I'm of Apollos, I'm of Paul, I'm of Priscilla and Aquila. They identified the relationship with God by their leader. Listen to me. You can never identify your relationship with God by a spiritual leader. Because that man or that woman did not die on the cross for you. That man or that woman, regardless of how gifted, regardless of how popular, regardless of how powerful the message, did not rise again on the third day. Hear me today. It's time to take people off the pedestal and enshrine Jesus Christ as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There will come a day when I won't long be here. Whether it's by death or by God saying you're done. Either way. And in that time, I want to know that I have built a foundation that's firm enough in your hearts and in your life that you're going to stand. You're not going to falter. You're not going to turn aside. And you're not going to follow me. Do I need to say that again? You're not going to follow me. Because this is where God's planted you. Too many times in modern Christianity, we tie our relationship with God to an individual. And that is absolutely wrong, regardless of how wonderful that person might be. There was division in the church. There was immorality in the church. The culture had seeped in after three years. Things were happening that should never be happening. Paul addresses it. There are grievances between brothers. They're taking one another to secular courts. Paul says that's not the way we settle our arguments and our disagreements. Can I tell you, there is a better way. Over the years as a pastor, on three occasions, I've had this very thing happen. And I met with each individual separately and said, are you willing to come before me and a small group of people, express your, your dissatisfaction, your offense with the other brother, and then will you allow us to make the decision and it will be final? And all three occasions, they allowed us to do that. You know what happened? They were healed. They were whole. They were restored because they chose to follow a biblical pattern. Listen, when your brother or sister offends you and it's going to happen, your first response is to go to them and to tell them, this is what happened. This is what happened in me because of it. 
And if they don't receive it and offer forgiveness, then you take somebody with you. This is the scriptural pattern. And if they don't do it in front of you and somebody else, then you bring them to me. And we deal with it in a scriptural manner. Listen, there's no reason for you to take your brother or sister to court. Bring them before the church. Let's do it God's way. Let's sell the thing by God's plan. Paul goes on to talk about marriage because of the immorality. There are issues in marriages. He talks about self-denial. He hammers idolatry. Why? Because they live in an idolatrous society. May I tell you, you and I also live in an idolatrous society. People have all kinds of idols today. I mean, they may not have a figure sitting on their, uh, their coffee table in the living room that they play to, but there's all kinds of idols, and a lot of them come through that thing called the television, or social media, or the internet. And we see and we hear things that divert our attention. An idol is anything that takes your attention off of God's will and God's plan for your life. There's idols in your life. We're going to deal with that strongly. And then he talks about spiritual gifts and what they are and how they're divided by the Holy Spirit. And then 1 Corinthians 13, you all know it. It's the love chapter. And he talks about the power of love. And then he talks about how those gifts work in the umbrella, under the umbrella of love. And then in 15, he talks about the resurrection. He brings the believers full circle from salvation to resurrection. And all of us need to have that understanding. So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Pop that up on the screen, if you would, please. The scripture says these words, and I see James and Cindy Forstall back there. They're going to recognize those mountains. Those are the Grand Tetons in Wyoming. I love those mountains. The scripture says this, verse 58. Therefore, my beloved, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Did you catch it? Be unmovable. 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 Maybe that's all I'll say for the rest of this message is unmovable. I want to drive it into your mind. I want to drive it into your spirit. That as a child of the Most High God, I can stand in faith and be unmovable. None of these things move me, Paul said in Acts 20, 24. Neither count I my life dear unto myself that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry entrusted by Jesus Christ. Be unmovable. Be like the Grand Tetons. They are there. They're established. They're not moving. Unmovable. So that regardless of the storms, you stand firm. You remember the parable, don't you? Jesus talked about the man that built his house on the sand. And when the storms came, the wind of the wave hit it, it was swept away. And then he said, but there's another man who built his house on the rock. The rock is Jesus Christ. Let me clarify that for you. He is the foundation that never wavers. And he said, the man that built his house on the rock, when the storms came and the wind blew and the waves plummeted it, it stood firm. What do we learn from this? Number one, there will be storms in your life. You can count on it. At some point, you'll have a bad diagnosis. At some point, you'll feel financial pressure. At some point, you will have conflict in your relationships. There will be storms in your life. But in those storms, when our life is built on the rock of Jesus Christ, 
then we can with assurance say, I shall not be moved. I'm unmovable. Unmovable. Folks, until you come to that place, you're going to waver. You're going to be double-minded like the man James talks about, who's unstable in all of his ways. One day you're serving God. The next day you're giving up on God. One day you're believing the Word. The next day you're not even reading the Word. Unstable, double-minded in all of his ways. God wants us not to be double-minded, but to be unmovable. To have our lives firmly planted on the rock of Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, Paul said it in 1 Corinthians 16, 13. It's not in the slides. He said, watch, stand fast, be brave, be strong. Oh, this is a call through these messages for people to stand fast, to be brave, to be strong, and watch the power of God move through your life. Look around you today. We have the same problems in our culture and sadly in our churches. We have issues of division. Let me, let me just pause right here for a moment. In the almost 30 years of pastoral ministry, I've never went through a church split. And I've never been a part of a church split. I've never tried to undermine a leader and have my own way. Unfortunately, there's a lot of folks that can't say that. So let me say it to you directly. As long as God allows me to stand on this platform and be your pastor, I will fight the spirit of division with everything that is within me. Because it's not of God, it's of the devil. Anytime someone says, I don't like that, they're speaking from the flesh. And the flesh does not please God. Folks, it doesn't matter the history. It doesn't matter what this church has been through. I'm here to tell you, it's a new day. We're moving forward. We will not be divided. We stand in unity because that's where the blessing of God is at. Doesn't mean some people won't get mad and leave. Happens all the time. But we're not going to allow them to divide the body of Christ. We're not going to allow that spirit from hell to invade this place, even though it may be controlling some people. Let me say something else. One of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is the gift of spiritual discernment, discerning of spirits. What does that mean? It means you recognize the motivation behind the actions and the attitudes of people. You can say, that's from the pit of hell. That's not from God. And when you recognize what's motivating people, you can pray that they be set free, that they be delivered, that their life be turned around. You can actually war for them in the spirit when you know what you're fighting against. But here's the problem. We have boiled the spirit of discernment or discerning of spirits down to, oh, I sense or I think. Oh, they shouldn't be wearing this or that. What pride that they bought that car. I can't believe that person wants to be on the platform and it becomes a thing of personal preference. Things that might have been offend me personally. May I tell you, when you're operating in the gifts of the Spirit, personal preference goes out the door. You live by the convictions of the Holy Ghost. And if it doesn't bother God, why are you letting it bother you? It's time to live in that place where we understand what's motivating people and the spirit that's behind it. I'm telling you, every church split that has ever happened has happened because somebody got in the flesh. Love the way you're shouting now. Maybe God's convicting you. I hope so. But every church split, every source of division has come because people were in the flesh. Now understand. 
That could have been the leader that was in the flesh that caused it to occur. Or it could have been the people in the pew that were in the flesh. Or it could have been this little clique that was in the flesh. But regardless, every church split and division has its roots in self and in man. You know, there's three spirits that rule in the world, right? There's the spirit of God, the spirit of man, and the spirit of Satan. And all of our actions will fall under one of those three sources of motivation. That's why it's vital and important that we are locked in. Our foundation is firm. We're living in the power of the Holy Ghost. He's walking with us. He's leading us and guiding us and directing us. So when the spirit of man rises up within us, we resist that. And when the spirit of the enemy comes against us, we resist that. And he flees from us. This series is going to be able to help you build that foundation. We know there's problems in the church today. Our society is sin sick. Let me say it again. Sin sick. Anything perverted, anything twisted, anything immoral is embraced by our society. We are much like the Corinthian church. That we're living as a light in the darkness, a beacon where there is no hope. We are much like the Corinthian church where we have to fast and pray and pray that God fill us every day with the Holy Ghost so that we can wage a war in the heavenlies against the works of darkness and see people set free. Let me say this. Your battle is not with another person. Your battle is with the spirit that motivates you or them. And if you can conquer that spirit and submit to God, your battles go away. It's amazing. It's amazing what happens when we submit our lives to God every day. You know, I've told you before, when we first came, I had to fight every day with somebody. And I hated it. I hated it. And that went on for a period of years. And then we took over the plaza, had to manage that. Literally every day I was in physical altercations with people out there. But it wasn't those people, it was the spirit that drove them that caused those things to happen. Listen, the demons in them are irritated by the presence of God in you. So don't be surprised when they rise up against you. But rather stand firm in the faith. Our society is consumed by an agenda whose origins is in hell. May I tell you that the entire woke agenda was formed by Satan in hell and pressed into men and women. It's time to recognize there is only one source of equality, and it's the cross of Jesus Christ. It's there when we bow, when we kneel, when we submit, that the blood of Christ cleanses us and makes us children of the Most High God. And it doesn't matter the color of your skin, your language, your reputation, your country of origin. At the cross, we become brothers and sisters. At the cross, we become family. Family. And I don't know about you, but I'm willing to fight for family. Every single day, I'll fight for family. Somebody come against that little blonde, they're going to have to come through me. It's just that simple. I'm willing to fight for family, and you, my friend, are my family. You're my family. 
My kids live in Oklahoma and I'll fight for them. But you are the family I live with seven days a week. I love you. I care for you. I want to defend you and protect you. So when Satan comes against you, your first call should be to me. Because I'm going to stand in the gap. I'm going to pray the blood of Christ over your life. I'm going to send the enemy to flight when we agree together. I'm going to fight for family. We see that that entire agenda is to destroy the family, destroy the church, destroy of any hope in God. Make people think that somehow they're not equal. I'm here to tell you, at the cross, we're all equal. But listen, aside from the cross, our world is rife with prejudice. Our world is filled with distinctions based on class and color and education and social economic status. But at the cross, it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. It doesn't matter if you're black or white. It doesn't matter if you're brown. Doesn't matter if you're an American Indian like me. It doesn't matter. At the cross, we are all one in Christ. We've got to push that through the church every single day. See, we'll stand in a time where we have got to wage a holy war with the love of Jesus Christ. I know that statement doesn't make sense, so you need to think about it. Let it resonate in your spirit and then begin to understand love prepares the way for the power of God to show his mighty works. But if someone doesn't know you love them, they will never open the door for you to express the power of God in their lives. It's time we live to wage a holy war with the love of God. Love will turn a heart. Judgment will not. Love will change a life. Condemnation will not. Love will always make a difference. Listen to me, there are so many people, and we see it and hear about it every day, living in darkness because they're spiritually blind. Living in lies and falsehoods and manipulation and bondage because their eyes are darkened to the understanding of God and who He is. There are not 64 genders, folks. There's two. God created them male and female. A five-year-old boy doesn't have the mental capacity to determine that he's not a boy but a girl. Listen to me. There are so many people living with mental disorders due to spiritual blindness. Oh, that God would set them free. So many in our society are looking for truth. That's why they latch on to these unbelievable, silly lies. So they're trying to find truth in their life. But they're looking in all the wrong places. There's only one source of truth, and that's the Word of God. Yet it's one that we have rejected time and time again. Our society is just like Isaiah 59. Truth has fallen in the streets. Truth is not who you think you are. Truth is who you are. Truth is not who you think you will be. Truth is who you are. God created you male or female. There's no other middle ground. There's no other thing to say about it. Truth is not relative, it is absolute. Truth is not ever-changing, it is steadfast. Truth is not a mark that is constantly moving on us that we're trying to hit. No, it is solid, like a rock, and it never changes. The same truth that drove the Israelites drives us today, with the addition of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. 
dying on the cross for you and I, the Messiah coming to us. So we need to come to the place where we are unmovable. Unmovable. Someone comes up to you and says something that's absolutely unladdish, absolutely based on a lie. You don't have to bring sharp words back to them. You don't have to condemn them. But what you do is you say, let me show you there may be a better way to live. And with the love of Christ, you gently unfold truth to them. Not in condemnation, not in judgment, but with the love of Christ. And the love of Christ has the ability to draw sinful man to the foot of the cross where their lives are revolutionized. And when we come to the cross, we become a new creature in Jesus Christ. The old is gone. All has become new. We change our stinking thinking to gospel-centered thinking. And God does great things in our lives. There's not a person in this room who would dare to stand and tell me, before I came to Christ, I never believed the lie of the devil. Of course you did. You were living the lie of the devil. Every single one of us need to be confronted by truth because truth sets us free. Truth changes our lives. Psalm 125, 1 and 2. The psalmist wrote it this way, that they that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abideth forever. As the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about his people from henceforth even forevermore. What does that mean? It means when I put my life on the rock, suddenly I'm surrounded. Did you hear me? Suddenly I'm surrounded. As the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about his people. Oh, come on, folks. You need to get in your spirit. I'm going to be unmovable. I'm going to build my life on the rock. I'm not going to be subject to the winds of change. What the word of God says is still true today. My life is unmovable in Jesus Christ. And I can stand there, not because of my strength, because listen, get this. The Lord has surrounded me. He has surrounded me. I'm living within the circle of His presence. I'm living in His mercy. I'm living in His grace. I'm living in the place where His blessing flows through me because the Lord has surrounded me. When we put our lives on immovable truths, the Lord surrounds us. Judges 6 through 8, you'll read the story of Gideon, one of the first judges of Israel. For seven years, the Midianites had oppressed Israel. Matter of fact, when you read it, you'll see in verse 1 of chapter 6 that because Israel disobeyed God, he allowed the Midianites to oppress them. He allowed that to come into their lives. And after seven years, they finally begin to call out for relief and ask God for help. And the Bible says when they begin to call out to God and ask him for help, that the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon. Who was Gideon? Well, let's use his own words. He said, I'm the least in my father's house. Our tribe is the least in Manasseh. We have no status. We have no prestige. We have no money. Matter of fact, when the angel of God found him, he was hiding in the ground in a wine press to grind grain for meat. But from that encounter, and I'm believing Haley and Ava are going to have such an encounter this summer. From that encounter, God raised Gideon, and he called an army together. The ones opposing were 120,000 strong. 
32,000 from Judah came to his aid to fight. You know what God said? Ah, that's way too many. If they fight, they're going to claim the victory and take the glory, and I'm not going to have any part of that. So he said, tell anybody who's afraid to go ahead and go back home. 22,000 of them went home. 10,000 against 120,000. You know what God said? Now get in, that's still way too many. So take them down to the brook. And those who scoop the water in their hand and then drink it from there, those are the ones you keep. But those who get down on their belly or get down on all fours and drink out of the stream, send them home. When that was done, 300 men were left. And God said, that's a good number. I can work with those. I'm going to show my glory through that. Listen, God has never been concerned with the number standing with him. He's been concerned with the attitude of the heart, with the faith that drives them, with their determination to be unmovable. Somebody says, we need thousands. Yeah, that's all the scripture says. Gideon had 300 against 125,000. God knew that those 300 would stand. He knew that they would never quit. He knew that they would never compromise. And those were the people he was looking for. May I tell you today, he's still looking for people who will stand, who will never quit, who will never compromise, who will be immovable for the kingdom of God, whose lives will be on that rock. You know the rest of the story. He gave each one of them a torch. He gave each one of them a trumpet. And he gave each one of them a vessel to cover that torch. And in the middle of the night, they surrounded the army's camp. And Gideon said, you do what I do. And you know the story. He raised that trumpet. He broke the shelter off the torch. And he began to cry, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Oh, it's time that you begin to cry, the sword of the Lord and of Steve, the sword of the Lord and of Dr. Davis, the sword of the Lord and of Rodney, the sword of the Lord and of Cal. Why? Because we work together to see the enemy set to flight. He turned those enemy against themselves. When that battle was over, there's only 15,000 of them left. Imagine that. 105,000 killed each other. And then those of Judah gathered against them and wiped out that 15,000. Why? Because one man who said, I am the least in my father's house, and we are the least in Manasseh, who said, I'm not a warrior. I'm not valiant. Matter of fact, his actions proved he was a coward. But God said, you're a mighty man of valor. I'm here to tell you this morning when you put your life on the rock and you become immovable, God sees something in you that other people may not see. And you're going to see those startled expressions when you begin to step up and move out into the power of the kingdom of God. We need to understand today that God is still looking for people who will stand, who will never quit, and who will never compromise. You know, one of the greatest things I saw this morning, stand up, Haley. Haley doesn't like to talk in public. She hates it. But this morning, she stood behind this podium. She declared what God had called her to do. She overcame her fear, and God is going to use her in a mighty way, not only to sing, but to express the mighty works of God. Oh, come on, folks. When we put our lives on the rock, we surprise people because of what God's doing in our lives. 
blows us away. Psalm chapter 1 verse 3 says, he's talking about a righteous man. He shall be planted like a tree, planted by the rivers of water that bring forth fruit to his season. His leaf shall not wither. And whatsoever he does shall prosper. Jeremiah 17, 8, the same train of thought, the righteous man. For he shall be planted like a tree by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when the heat comes, but its leaf will be green, and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease yielding fruit. Oh, folks, somebody needs to hear that. You've been all tied up about the economy. It's time to stop worrying about what you can't control. Put your life on the word of God and watch what God does in you. David said in Psalm 37, I've been young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread. For this is the heritage of the people of the Lord. Somebody in this room needs to hear that. You know, when you begin to live unmovable, People are going to call you crazy who don't understand. They're going to call you radical. They're going to call you a Jesus freak. Why would two young ladies, one Ava out of high school, Haley a sophomore at FSU, why would they give two months of their summer vacation? They live in Florida. The beach is an hour away. Why would they do that? Because they put their life on the rock. And it's on the rock that the power of God begins to flow through their lives. And it's on the rock that God will use them to do things that amaze people around them. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. I'm closing. Tom, come back. But thanks be to God, who always gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. If you haven't memorized that scripture, you need to, because when the storms come, you need to stand and say, but thanks be to God who always gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I will not be overwhelmed. I will not be overcome. I will not bend. I will not bow. I will not break. Thanks be to God who always gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's time to declare this morning our lives will be unmovable. We're putting our feet on the solid rock that never changes. And it doesn't matter what comes against me, whether it's a motorcycle wreck at 80 mile an hour on I-10, I stand here today just over two months away from that, telling you that I'm well, I'm healed, I'm whole, I can lift things. Matter of fact, I told you on Christmas Sunday about the blonde's Christmas stuff. She took it all down when we got back from Oklahoma on Friday, and then, Saturday, we pushed, I pushed all of those tubs up into the attic. It was amazing. I couldn't have done that a few months ago. I couldn't have done that a month ago. But I've come to tell you today, the Lord is my strength. He renews, He restores, He heals. My life is on the rock and I will not allow the enemy to bring defeats. Oh, He's going to try. I assure you, He's going to try. Because Satan is probably the dumbest entity you've ever met. For thousands of years, he wages war and he loses. You want to say, why don't you just give up? You're a loser. Satan is a loser. Give up. Go back to hell. Leave us alone. He's the dumbest entity you've ever met. But rooted in his fall from heaven was rebellion. 
And that rebellion is still driving him against all that is good, all that is holy. So much so that Jesus declared, or Peter declared on the Mount of Transfiguration, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, Flesh and blood hath not revealed this to you, Simon Barjona, but my Father which is in heaven. And upon this rock, his confession of who Christ was, on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Folks, it's time to be unmovable. Because when we're unmovable, we live in victory. We see God fighting battles for us. We see amazing things happening and occurring. Stand your feet with me across this room. Number one, if you're here this morning, you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to come, stand right here in front of me, and I'm going to step down and pray with you and pray for you. Christ is going to come into your life if that's you. When Tom begins to sing, you come, stand right here before me. Secondly, church, this is a call to action. This is a call to say that in 2023, I will be unmovable. My feet are on the rock, and I'm not going to be swayed by what I'm enduring. So as Tom begins to sing this song, we believe. First, if you need Jesus, come stand right here. I'm going to pray for you. Secondly, if you want to be the type of believer that says, I'm unmovable, I want you to step out. I want you to make a response. I want you to declare it to heaven and to hell. My life is unmovable on the rock of Jesus Christ. Sing it out, Tom. We believe. You made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.